0: This episode of Procrastination Planet has some mature content scattered throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everybody, I'm Carly Knight. And I'm Sabrina Monet. And welcome to Procrastination Planet.
1: Where we should be writing, but...
0: Okay, so...
1: what's been going on with you, Sabrina? Let's see, am I working on anything? Well, there's the podcast, mm-hmm. there's my blogging, there's my social media websites, social media sites, uh, and then just the regular 9 to 5. Nothing, nothing fun or exciting to report at this time, but, you know, I'm still trucking. How about you? How
0: about me? I've been neglecting my social media. I need to not do that because, you know, we have to do our brand.
1: Yes, we have to get yeah. our brand out there.
0: Let's get our brand going.
1: Let me just geek out really quick and okay. explain to you how I review social media. Twitter is easy because with that, I, um, I go in, I read what everyone's up to. If anyone, I have more people respond to me on Twitter than any other platform. Mm-hmm. For my page on Facebook, I actually, I set up the posts a week in advance and I just put in the time that they're going to post once or twice a day. And I don't come back to it. I will reply if someone writes something or says something, but mostly I'm just tracking analytics like I do on Instagram. Oh, okay. Right now, it's all just about tracking who watches it, what kind of content they like. And the key ingredient is the Medium website. That's where I post my blog posts. um, And from there, I can tell where they're finding me. Most of the time, it's Twitter. They're finding me on Twitter. So what I can say is maybe my readers are older, but those who initially click on my social media posts could be considered millennials. But I'm skewing older because if, it, if you're following my link on Twitter and you follow my Twitter because I say that I write articles on Medium, um, right then I, I believe you're in the 30 and over zone. Okay. The, I, I wrote one article about video games and I got the 18 and over, but it was strictly for that article. And once they realized the piece was about something larger than just playing the game and getting codes, they got pissed and left.
0: So. <laughs> Do the analytics record them getting pissed and
1: leaving? Uh, it shows how much time someone reads your article. So medium will measure how long it would take the average reader to read through your article and they'll say oh this is a three minute article a six minute article then it'll measure how much time the person who clicked on the article spent there they will consider it read if the amount of time they clocked as being the length of your piece was the amount of time that person stayed on your piece before clicking on another link
0: oh okay that's good to know
1: and i think i'm averaging i'm in like the 50 to 60 percentile as far as people staying and reading the the content that's not too bad. So, yeah, that's pretty much a home up to. You. Cool. Nothing to dance about.
0: <laughs> ah, School starting up again, so I've got I'm gonna go back to the grind. Nice. Last semester was very much a grind. Three classes plus some TA kind of oh, works, wow. So, oh my
1: gosh. Yeah, you were busy last fall. No time for a life. No, not at all.
0: That's why we. I was sitting on some episodes that we had been practicing with, and. Never aired, and they got all stale and dated, except for, except for the Tropes We Like episode. Oh. That might have some artifacts. That's going to have some artifacts from our previous attempt at the Tropes We Hate episode, but that episode is fire, and I'm going to keep it. So Nice. Yeah.
1: But today I'm excited because we're talking about literary crushes. Now, these are not the authors that you stalk on Twitter, right? These are characters in the books that you... Fictional crushes. Fictional crushes. All right. The crushes
0: you can picture in the books because you can idealize them the way you want them
1: to be. Yes. I do have everyone.
0: (laughs) Because she's 14 years old.
1: I will always be 14. Exactly. That's why things don't work out. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and get this list started. Okay. This party started and my first one out the gate, which I think we're sharing, Mark Darcy. Oh
0: my gosh, from but, Bridget Jones's Diary. From Bridget
1: Jones's Diary. I am not going back to Jane Austen's Mark Darcy. I am sticking well,
0: He was never Mark Darcy in Jane Austen's. He was Fitzwilliam Darcy, Mr. Darcy.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> yes. He was, wasn't he? Yes. But you know what? It's because I just tie it with Colin Firth. And he played both characters and in the And he movies. played both characters and he's just gorgeous.
0: Mm-hmm. Getting out of the water with the wet shirt. And I know I know, Mr. Darcy never did that in the book, but I don't care. Who cares?
1: I know I hate vulnerability, but I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to the book, and I get the book in the film. Okay, a bit of a spoiler. Okay. I liked the second film better than I liked the second book. Because in the second book, he actually did cheat on her and I would stab someone to death for that. But
0: violence is the answer to everything. It is.
1: It really is. But the Mark Darcy that I like is really the one that Colin Firth sort of created in the film. And I liked him the most when he helped her make the food on her birthday.
0: Oh, I remember that one. He saved her from the blue dental floss disaster. That's
1: what I like yeah and see the reason why i have a crush on mark darcy is because he's quiet and he sticks to himself and i'm okay with that and the whole the way he doesn't really like other people i love that too because i just want someone that i can like and spend time with but no one else will because he's not really a people person so i just have (laughs) him all to myself
0: Uh, okay so that's your whole thing that's my thing my whole thing was, I was just picturing Colin for the whole time.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And he's nice and stoic and very Britishy and reserved. And that makes him mysterious. And that's what I like. And that, that's what I liked when I was younger. And oh gosh, yeah. I was, I remember I devoured that book twice.
1: Did you ever like David?
0: You mean Daniel? Daniel. Daniel Cleaver? Yes. Yeah, he's like, if you're playing the game of fuck, marry, kill. <laughs> okay he's, he's the guy you bang darcy's the guy you marry yeah and bang wait who do you kill in
1: there isn't a third one
0: yeah there isn't there isn't a third guy in the book that you kill i guess you killed i guess you killed daniel after you bang him
1: yeah did you read the third novel
0: no i didn't i didn't read anything after the second one i was kind of bridged it out
1: i'm gonna go ahead and spoil it for you okay is that okay how long has that book been out it's maybe eight years Six years? Okay, yeah. Go ahead and spoil it. Mark Darcy dies. What? He goes on a convoy to the Middle East, and he dies and leaves her with with two kids. Mm. So she's single. She tries to start dating again. She puts herself out there, and there really isn't anyone that she clicks with. Daniel becomes sort of like her buddy and and uncle to the kids. Oh, wow. And she does end up meeting someone that she ends up marrying. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but the funny thing about it is it's the, it's the kid's gym teacher and he looks and acts like Christopher Maloney. Oh, So he has that Ooh. look to him. That's okay. what, that's what she did with book three. Okay. I, 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 liked, um, I liked where she was headed. I know why she wrote it. Mm-hmm. She wanted that sort of Chris Maloney. It's, you know, yeah. if there's anyone who's going to take your eyes off of Colin Firth walking into the room, it's Chris Maloney. Oh
0: Yeah. Hi Chris. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say a little silent prayer that Chris Maloney doesn't turn out to be trash,
1: like the Hollywood men turn Never. out to be. No, I, I cyberstalk him. There's, okay. there's nothing bad there. Okay, okay,
0: yeah. I was having a hysterical moment there. So Please it, let him remain awesome. Yeah. Okay.
1: But okay. I just, um, it was sad to see that Mark Darcy's life was ended so fast. Yeah. In in book three. Hmm. That's sad. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I really liked. I think we both liked. Mm-hmm. Mark Darcy and Bridget Jones's Diary. Do you have another literary crush? Since we're going
0: on the um, kind of going on the easy basic crushes. Okay. The road well-traveled crushes. Yes. The universal literary crushes that you're required to have. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Um, Fitzwilliam Darcy, Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy, so from y- Pride and Motherfucking Prejudice.
1: All oh, right, so you do like him. Okay.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, at first, it's like you kind of follow Elizabeth's journey and you're like, oh, what a twit. Why is he acting like this? But then as the book goes on, you start to realize what's kind of hiding underneath his kind of haughty demeanor. And not in a whole, he's the asshole bad boy. He's really just vulnerable. But it's more like he has to adhere to a particular social order because that's how things were at that time. And then he's kind of, he has this inner struggle to fight his attraction to her while trying to adhere to that social order. So so he has this inner battle, and so I know you hate vulnerability, but it shows his vulnerability so that he's not this one-dimensional classist asshole. No. And he also did a lot of behind the scenes orchestration to help out her sister who was in a bind, Lydia and Mr. Wickham. In the game of Fuck Mary Kill, you fuck Mr. Wickham, you marry Mr. Darcy, you kill Mr. Collins. I see that. Yeah. Okay. So that's how that is.
1: So you've carried it on and you went back to the original Darcy in Jane Austen's novel. I love it.
0: Yes, I did. I did a little time travel. So, you know, get to that source material. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of people kind of take that Mr. Darcy template and they do the aloof, the aloof guy, but sometimes they go a little too far and make the guy a total, complete jerk. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 that's not cute.
1: But you know, I can tell the difference. I feel that I can. Mm-hmm. So there's the aloof adhering to a social structure and that's why they're they're quiet. Yeah. And then there's just plain dipshits.
0: Exactly. And
1: I I hate how dipshits try to take credit for the aloof guys because mm-hmm. the aloof guys it's one in a million. The other 9 out of 10 and they're just dipshits. <laughs> um, I don't know
0: some status quo warriors are going to be like, all men aren't assholes. Like, we never said all men are assholes. We're talking about the dipshits. Yeah, the dipshits. If you're not a dipshit, don't worry.
1: It doesn't apply to you. But if that shoe fits, lace it up.
0: Mm-hmm. There we go.
1: <laughs> but speaking of time travel, I do have... Someone. Ooh, do spill. Jamie Fraser. Oh, from Outlander. From Outlander. <laughs> oh my. Poop. Me and my Scots. Your S- Scott Jackson
0: is better than mine. So.
1: Is it really? Thank you. I thought it sounded horrible, which is why I stopped doing it. <laughs> but Jamie Fraser, um, and his sasanak. Oh my God! A six foot four ginger. Come on now. There
0: we go. Uh, Hot ginge.
1: This is... Okay, so now I'm going to tell you the power of reading due to the power of the hot man. I was watching Stars. And it was one of those free trials where it's on for seven days. Mm -hmm. And Jamie Fraser, of course, is the star of Outlander. And I thought it was going to be some... I read a lot of trash romance novels. Like, Mm -hmm. real filth. Real garbage. And I I never wanted to read Diana Gabaldon's work. So I'm watching this TV show. Mm -hmm. And the way that they interacted with each other... Even though she was time traveling. She was from 1945 and she was thrown back into the uh, 1700s. Okay. He was such a genuine guy mm. that I was just floored. So when all the episodes of that particular season were done, I was like, oh, F no, they're not going to leave me like this. I need to know what happens." I was sitting on the floor in the living room probably at about 745 when I realized I needed to get those books I hightailed it to Barnes and Noble in Fairfield. Oh wow! And I got books one through. I think I got the first six because there's eight altogether. We're waiting on book nine.
0: Oh wow! And I that's just dedication because what if it turns out you didn't like the other books?
1: Exactly. So I made it through book three. And book uh, book three is basically like the tomb, like that. That's mm-hmm. the original. That's the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And then uh, books four through whatever she is now. That's all the supporting characters and everything that's happened uh, since. That's just the after. And I just like that character of Jamie because he rolled with it. He's like, oh, you're from the future. Cool. Oh, I really like you. Okay. Oh, you're married in the future. Oh, we'll work it out. But everything. He Time would... travel
0: doesn't count, right?
1: Time travel doesn't count. There no. There we go. <laughs> he, was, he was vulnerable. He was open. And he genuinely liked her. Hmm. Um, and so I just had a huge crush on him. And, you know, six foot four ginger. Come on.
0: Well, you're almost six feet too, so yeah. I'm I'm
1: darn near six foot, so a six foot four guy. Yeah, that that catches my so, eye.
0: Short bitches need to quit stealing the tall guys.
1: Stop stealing our our tall guys. Yeah,
0: I'm a short bronze. Like when, like when girls shorter than me are like, a guy's got to be at least six feet tall. I wear heels, and I was like, you're not wearing eight inch heels. Shut up.
1: Yeah, and and note to self, five footer, when you have his kid, that boy's gonna be five nine. So you're actually <laughs> actually traumatizing someone for life. Don't make them that way.
0: <laughs> I, I thought 5'9 is a good height. What's wrong with being 5'9? I, ne- I, I, I don't think
1: there's anything wrong with being 5'9 either, but I, from what I hear out there is that guys don't like to be under a certain well,
0: height. Well, get over it.
1: I know, huh? Yeah, get, get over, over it. it. Get over it's it. It's fine. I've had crushes on guys who are 5'8. foot hmm
0: you can act like you're a supermodel or something. You'd be like, I'm your trophy supermodel girlfriend.
1: I'm the tall one. But you know what? Short guys like me more than than tall guys. Well, it- they're at
0: titty height. They can motorboat you easier. They can
1: motorboat me <laughs> easier. Oh, my God. <laughs> and here's the- here's here's I, I challenge all tall guys when I meet them because there's this assertiveness. They they just assume they're in charge because they're tall. Oh, wow. And it's like, no, I'll break you. Please. <laughs> And they'll talk to you for a little bit, and then they realize they'll never be the alpha in the room. I thought that
0: was a short guy attitude.
1: um, Some tall guys have it because they assume they're just automatically going to be the alpha. Huh. And it's like, no, you've got to kill something with your bare hands for me to believe that you're stronger than me.
0: Because you're probably not. Wow. Ain't nobody ready for you, Sabrina. No one! I know! That's why I'm sitting here with you! (laughs) Okay, so six feet tall guys who like to be challenged...
1: Sabrina at procrastinationplanet.com. <laughs> I may or may not answer. Put
0: that on your Bumble.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I hear Bumble's the best one to use. You gotta
0: kill something with your bare... Wait. Because what if the something he kills with his bare hands is a sex worker and like, a series of sex workers and you attract a serial killer?
1: From what I understand, all the single ones out there who can't talk to women are fucking robots anyway, so... Do not do you know that? You, uh, mm-hmm. Little side note here. <laughs> there Although are- there are
0: serial killers who end up married. Like BTK was married. Yeah. Um, let's see. The Green River Killer had the same wife for a bunch of years. So they can...
1: They can live normal lives They can pretend to have normal
0: lives. John Wayne Gacy was married. Oh my god. Yeah, Pogo the Clown. That is crazy. Yeah, you, you can meet the next guy who hits you up on Bumble. Could be the next Pogo.
1: Could be... The, or he's Hopefully the guy... Hopefully without the pedophilia. Or he's the guy on in Denmark... Paying two $300 to have alone time with a robot. You know they're doing that now, right? Yeah. Blow up dolls. Oh we my we God. have reached that point.
0: That is Oh my God.
1: <laughs> because they'll pay for it, but they don't have what it takes socially to even approach a live woman. A hooker is too much.
0: Hey, hookers got to eat too. Okay, you guys, if you're going to sex robots, pay the actual human sex worker because she's got to eat. She has shoes to pay for. She's got to get those shoes resold. Because <sighs> you have to go- have good shoes if you're standing on the corner. Cause
1: yeah. The track is not a happy place.
0: Yeah. It, it's really hard out there when, even,
1: they're, they're, yeah, when even
0: sex workers can't. Exactly.
1: And so I'm going to... I fell down a rabbit hole because I have Sling TV. Mm. And so I have Viceland. Have you heard of Viceland? Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of the episodes of Viceland?
0: No, I, I don't have cable. I don't watch. I've only... Caught clips of Jesus and Marrow and that's it.
1: Okay. So the thing with Viceland is they went into detail about these robots. So I was thinking maybe it was... You've seen these TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, um, it's not Westworld, mm-hmm. where the robots look and feel like humans. It's a fucking plastic blow-up doll that jerks a bit. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and it's a, but it's like Tickle Me Elmo. Yes! Oh, no. That feels good. Please, do that again. Oh, shit. And that's it, over and over. It's not a hologram or something. It's a a rubber doll that may bounce around a bit.
0: Oh, shit. But
1: you just paid 300 bucks to walk into a dirty motel room. To tickle me Elmo. To tickle me Elmo. The fuck, man? Rule 34, if it exists,
0: there's porn of it. (laughs) I don't know. No. I'm going to put a mature, mature content disclaimer on this episode. And then on top of that,
1: the guy who's making these sex dolls, they were asking him, they're like, why, why are you spending so much time doing this? Oh, and get this part, a fraction of his dolls aren't full bodied. It's just the fucking head. So he's working on the mouth and there's nothing else. He's like, well, some of these dolls, we don't even need the body.
0: Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So someone who just wants
1: an entire society oh. of fucking skull fuckers because <laughs> they can't talk to a real life human. And he even says that. He's like, you know, sometimes it's just so hard to talk to a girl and get to know her and be vulnerable that it is easier to ju- to just what? Pick up a rubber doll? Oh yeah, fucking God. fruitcake. I can't. <laughs> Not that we're... Not that we're judging because we're open to anything and <laughs> everyone. We're... It's a safe place. Not that we're
0: judging, but you fucking fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No. Wow. Okay, I, I understand people have needs and everything like that. You heard about the guy who married a hologram, right? Wait, this what? fuckery, he married a hologram. <laughs> he married a hologram. He had a wedding ceremony. He This guy came from money. you know the people that look so rich and you just know they smell good? Uh-huh. He, they had a story about him on CNN. So he fell in love with the hologram and he decided to make it legal. Well, as legal as he could. So he had a ceremony. He invited two to 300 of his friends, had rented this ballroom. Oh, my God. And because this hologram couldn't be there, because this hologram is built into the infrastructure of his home, he brought a plush doll that looked like his hologram to represent his hologram. So he couldn't shoot
0: a holo- he couldn't shoot the hologram into the the
1: ballroom, no. So he How brought How much money a- did he have? I don't know, but he used a plush doll to represent the hologram. Well
0: he's not that moneyed if he couldn't get the hologram to project into the in- ceremony.
1: Into um, her own wedding. Unless he was possessive and did not want to share her with the world thing about that Mm, but when he started talking about her i just thought oh it's a little fruit loop who wants okay cut that
0: (laughs) i'm leaving that in my problematic friend (laughs) not weirdo but how hard is it to fuck
1: a human seriously
0: (laughs) apparently he couldn't even do it with money
1: And if you know what, if you can't even do it with money, that's that's done. It's, Get your hologram. It's complete. No. So then.
0: I would never marry a hologram because a hologram can't do shit for you.
1: When he, okay. So this is the part that we, that got me. At first I thought he was just a little weirdo. Mm-hmm. But then when he's talking about the hologram, his whole face brightens up and he starts talking about she understands him and she says the right things and she listens to him and he feels in his heart that she truly cares about him.
0: I feel like that's elaborate performance art. At least I hope so.
1: Okay, so you don't think this guy genuinely thinks that cartoon in his house? Because okay, the the hologram that he married looks like Sailor Moon. Oh,
0: okay, okay. That's I don't know because I was I was going on this thing of um, maybe this person's emotionally stunted, and you know how you had like cartoon crushes when you were a kid, like um, yeah, like Robin Hood. Gotcha. The Fox Robin Hood. Shut up! Don't <laughs> you judge me. Or how, like, like a lot of guys went through puberty because of um, Cheetara from the Thundercats.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, there's that. So, a Sailor Moon childhood crush might be a thing. Well, we're going back on topic with our fictional crushes. Yes. So...
1: See? I knew this rant was headed somewhere.
0: There we go. We're going full circle. We're looping around. So, I was going to make some kind of profound commentary about, about the whole childhood cartoon crush and how maybe he's emotionally stunted because his money has insulated him from the complexities of everyday life. (sighs) But I don't have the brain power to be deep right now. But this is
1: what they are doing. Mm -hmm. We have a generation of men who are being built to get the higher paying jobs out there. Mm -hmm. Programming, coding, all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. So they're making these six figure salaries but they've also been raised in an environment where they no longer have the ability to talk to women. Mm. So they are choosing computer programs and robots to fuck just so they can avoid women altogether. So not only will they not be sharing their resources with a female counterpart, they're also, they're not marrying us and they're not letting us into the same level in the job market. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They're trying to make us obsolete. If they can start growing babies and eggs outside in the backyard to avoid us altogether, they would.
0: Well joke's on you. We can we can harvest sperm and grow grow babies in a lab, and make men obsolete. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean that was kind of the that was kind of the paranoia of a lot of status quo warriors who hate feminists. Yes. They're like, oh, they're trying to make what men obsolete and blah 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 and so maybe this is a reaction to that
1: okay but you know what given more freedom and more time and more resources i think we help the planet Mm -hmm. them when they're given more time and more resources they grow sex robots and marry holograms and blow shit up yes (sighs) okay so but back to our crushes
0: yes Back to our literary crushes who don't grow sex robots. Oh, my gosh. So if any status quo warriors are going to be offended, um, I'd say sorry, but that would be a lie. Yeah. So not sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry.
1: Who's your next literary crush? Oh,
0: my next literary crush. Okay. So another classic crush I have would be Gilbert Blythe from the Anne of Green Gables series.
1: Oh, my gosh. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. Uh, before you tell us, the only thing I remember about Anna Green Gables is when she was older, played by Glenn Close, and then Christopher Walken was the husband. Oh, Am no, I remembering the... the wrong story? No,
0: you're... Okay, this podcast has been brought to you by Charlie and Holly. Yes. The official mascots of Procrastination Planet. Absolutely. And they were protesting that you got the wrong story, too. Oh! So I had to translate Charlie's barking... And let you know that you were talking about Sarah Plain and Tall.
1: Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. You're talking about Anna Green Gables. Okay. Anna Green Gables. And she was like an orphan that moved down to the hillside. And-
0: um, a redheaded orphan who got moved out into being redheaded as part of her character. Very much part of her character. And she used to loathe being redhead. Okay. And let's see. She moved out to Prince Edward Island. Okay. In Canadian Land. Alrighty. And let's see. She used to always wish her hair were a whole different color. And she tried dyeing her hair and it turned green. And well, anyway, before this, she goes to school and Gilbert calls her carrots.
1: Oh, that's yeah, he, cute. He was teasing her,
0: calling her carrots. And so she broke her writing slate over his head.
1: Oh, wow.
0: He called her carrots. She hit him with her slate. Hashtag problematic love.
1: So Anna Green Gables, mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like I read it, but I'm not. I, I, I don't think I. I don't think that was one of my. It's
0: been a long time since I read it, but I remember. I remember he kind of respected her for not taking a shit, and yeah. so they became friends. And then some somewhere down the line, they fell in love with each other as they got older. And he became a doctor, and she became a teacher. And I haven't read the books that were going into World War One,
1: okay. but
0: I. I remember I watched the movies religiously.
1: I remember some sp- stuff. Like, I remember when she put the hat on and she traveled out somewhere and she's on a big green field and bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting it mixed up with Pippi Lawnstalking.
0: Probably because of the red braids.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Anne and Pippi are two different. Well, they're both plucky orphans with red hair.
1: What is it with you ginger orphans? What's going on? I
0: don't know. It- Little Orphan Annie, another plucky redhead orphan. Uh... Aww. <laughs> I think there's a trend. There's a
1: trend here.
0: but um oh my God, so with Gilbert Blythe, I remember from the movies too. the original Gilbert Blythe was played by Jonathan Crombie. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, you had to give that a quick Google because oh, he was I don't know what he looks like. I have to object he was him right dreamy. Now. He was just so dreamy. I think most of the female reading populace, most of the straight female reading populace, had a crush on Gilbert Blythe at some point. I see. Oh, yeah. He was...
1: Can you pull up a photo and let me see?
0: Yeah, let me give this a quick good Go on one of your.
1: On one of my rants. Go on
0: one of your tirades. <clears throat> Not one of your tirades, but one of your tangents.
1: So, Anne of Green Gables, I can't think of another character from my childhood that I would have had a crush on like that.
0: My Google almost wanted to get me to Gilbert Gottfried and Total opposite. <laughs> Total no! opposite.
1: Didn't he no. read Fifty Shades on an oh, audiobook? Oh, that was
0: the best. <laughs> I I wish he would do a whole entire audiobook of that, because yes. that would be the only time I would ever audio read it, or read it audio or otherwise. Stupid Google Images. Okay, so here I present Gilbert Blythe. And Is he
1: the same actor that was in The Secret Garden?
0: I don't know. I have to figure that one out. He kind of has a... He has a Hallmark Hall of Fame sort of look to him. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome
1: Hallmark.
0: Yes. So now I have to click on the link to him and see if he was in um, Secret
1: Garden. Was he in the Secret Garden? Hallmark guys are always cool. And the thing about Anna Green Gables... (laughs) Although
0: Hallmark Christmas movies, though, the guys are just like cardboard cutouts. I think all the characters are cardboard cutouts, to be fair.
1: Yeah. There's no time. They've got to churn out a product, Carly.
0: There's something blandly comforting about the Hallmark movies.
1: <laughs> didn't Anna Green Gables, the TV show, come out around the same time that Tiffany was really popular? I think so. Okay. I think we're alone now. I think,
0: didn't Weird Al do a spoof of that? I think I'm a clone now. <laughs> There's always two of me just a- hanging around.
1: Let me throw, who is my next one? Since you did a childhood crush. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do a childhood crush. Let's start Leon. Lestat de Lioncourt, actually.
0: Oh, yeah. Interview with a vampire?
1: Yes, I was obsessed with him.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember you were... Yes. He used to always make Lestat references back in the
1: day. Lestat was... That was my guy. Like I'm that's... always
0: saying Lestat.
1: Lestat was... When I was 13, even now, the one who will give you immortality and you get to spend a century with him in New Orleans before you travel the world. But it was also his origin story. Did you mm. get into Vampire Lestat? Did you read the second Not one? Not really. So his origin story was he ran away from home because, you know, too many mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. And he joined, um, what do you call it? An acting troupe. Okay. So he was an actor and a vampire liked him so much that after the show, he kidnapped Lestat. Took him back to his castle and made him a vampire against his will. Ooh. Lestat doesn't know what to do. All he knows is that if he drinks blood, he doesn't get hurt, and he feels stronger than he's ever been. He's, he hasn't actually grasped this idea of immortality until he kills a couple of people. So, being the boy that he is, what does he do with the immortality? He goes back to his little village that he's from. His mother's ill. And he turns her into a vampire, Gabriella. Okay. And so he's like, he hugs her because that's his mom. She actually Mm -hmm. dies in his arms going, oh, thank you, my dear boy. So he he turns her and he's waiting for her to sort of morph. Mm -hmm. And she does. She stays older, but Mm -hmm. a beautiful version. Basically, imagine being a regular 70 or 80 year old woman. Mm -hmm. And then you're given vampire blood and you turn into um, Jane Fonda oh
0: man okay so
1: that's what happens to gabriella and so he grabs her hand i want to
0: get turned into a vampire
1: me too exactly so then he uh she uh, he grabs her hand he's like i'm going to show you the world uh we're going to live together we're going to go to all the places you've never wanted to go and
0: she, all the places you never wanted to go. You at? never,
1: you've never been before.
0: Oh, okay. I was gonna say where.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: why am I? i gonna take you to all the places you never wanted to go, Mom. I'll show you. <laughs> Here's Syria.
1: I know it's not gonna happen. Oh man. Um, okay. and then she kind of laughs, and she says, "I'll see you in a in a bit." And he said, "Excuse me, where, where are you going? Why are you leaving me?" And she sort of looks at him, and says, "Sweetie." I've been tied to a husband and kids for the past 40 years. You just gave me immortality. I'm going to do everything I've always wanted to do. And it's not sit here and coddle you for the next couple of centuries. (laughs) I like her. Damn, Carly. (laughs) So she leaves him and he Mm -hmm. cries and he kind of goes after her. He goes, no, 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 no. Mom, what do you mean? We're going to live our lives together now. And she's like, we lived our lives together. I died. Now this is for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And she basically takes off. Like, they'll run into each other from time to time, and he's always bitter about it. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. stupid bitch, remember that time you bounced on me?
0: You're welcome, Mom. I turned you. You're welcome.
1: Exactly. It's like that. <laughs> and she's, to this day, she hasn't she hasn't uh, apologized. Her- and-
0: well, he turned her for a very selfish reason, so that she could dote on him and coddle him and wait on him hand and foot for the rest of his life. Oh, I'm, I'm ruining your crush.
1: <laughs> so that happens, but the... the I'm
0: fun at parties. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so then he goes back to the acting troupe, right? Mm-hmm. And he loses his shit. He starts tearing down that building left mm-hmm. and right uh, with all his vampire power that he's not supposed to show because there's, you know, it's supposed to be incognito. Don't mm-hmm. let people know. But he twists the minds of some of those actors to the point they're like, holy you know, actors are so easy to manipulate. (laughs) The actor's like, oh my God, They're narcissistic,
0: just appeal to their ego.
1: Exactly. He ends up turning a few of them, and they turn others, and he abandons them Mm -hmm. that night after having his little bitch fest. Those actors that he turned and abandoned that night turn into the coven that Antonio Banderas is ruling over once Brad Pitt gets to Paris. Ah. So when those two get there... And you know how they read their thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. When they read Claudia and um, Louis' thoughts Mm -hmm. and realized that these two had killed Lestat, they were never going to make it out alive in that building. That's why that girl got locked up in that chamber. Was because it's like you didn't just go to any acting house with vampires. You walked into the acting house that was founded by the vampire you just, you believe you murdered. So it came, it it was really crazy hardcore what had happened there. But um, oh, back to my crush. Uh, There's just so much history with this character, and I liked him. And what is it about him? Narcissist, and I think him and I have a lot in common. But we, (laughs) it it seems like him and I do things for the greater good, and then
0: you're so noble, Sabrina. I know things for the greater
1: good, and then no one listens to us or (laughs) follows what we tell them to do with their life. And then Sabrina
0: for president.
1: And then that's when everything just Actually, falls apart. What's
0: the worst that's going to happen considering the dumpster fire that's going on today? Sabrina so for president. It.
1: Exactly. Okay. Anyone can pick it up. Look at how many people are already volunteering for 2020. And that's exactly why they're doing it. They're like, it can't get much worse than this. Just hire me. <laughs> uh, I want to have my picture in the U.S. history books for the next thousand years. That's there we what that's go. about. But I'm getting onto crotchy old woman territory. Let me stop. <laughs> Give me a literary crush of yours.
0: Okay, since I had made reference to the Hallmark Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. my next literary crush is Sidney Carton from Tale of Two Cities.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: And there was a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie of it. Okay. And Chris Sarandon played both Charles Darnay and Sidney Carton. And Sidney Carton was Charles Darnay's um, lookalike. Okay. Who got executed in Darnay's stead. And he also had a crush on... Was it Lucy Manet, who Charles went on to marry? Wow. He was kind of the brooding, aloof type that I was into when I was younger.
1: Brooding and aloof. Yeah.
0: What is up with being a teenage girl being into brooding and aloof, guys? I don't know. Maybe it's because maybe it's because the guys aren't acting like, like dorky boys or something?
1: No, it's narcissism. Because I still like brooding and aloof. And <laughs> it's the assumption that this person who can't be bothered by any other human being on earth will become completely enamored of you. And you will be the one they spend their time on. And when they remain broody, and it's not because they're broody and aloof, it's because you know, chemically imbalanced. (laughs) And that's nothing you can fix. So.
0: And yet you're still into that. (laughs) Yeah. The brooding aloof type doesn't do it for me anymore. It's just like, no, you're an asshole. Yeah,
1: I need someone. But I think
0: you, at some point, a lot of us grow up and realize, wait, brooding aloof bad boy is an asshole. I don't want that. Exactly. But Sydney Carton had my heart. Oh, He did. And it did help that he was played by Chris Sarandon in his prime.
1: Can you pull up a photo? Because that name oh is my ringing a God.
0: bell. Go on a riff so we don't have dead air.
1: So we don't have dead air. You're pulling up a photo of Chris Sarandon and that name sounds familiar. Well,
0: he was in Fright Night playing the vampire next door. He was in that one.
1: See, you say vampire next door, Fright Night. I only think of Colin Farrell. What? Yes. So
0: you okay? You need to give your 80s oh my god, back. Chris
1: Sarandon! I know exactly who you're talking about.
0: Okay, so Chris Sarandon, Tale of Two Cities. I'm gonna pull you know what? Chris Sarandon cause...
1: is your type. He's sort yeah. of that swarthy, yes, tall, dark, and handsome type. Yeah, see, I I, I veer towards gingers and blondes, but hmm Is Chris Wait, Sarandon still he... acting today?
0: Yeah. So here's
1: yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know if he's still acting today. I haven't. He's kept like up the with poor that. man's
1: Jeff Goldblum. <laughs>
0: there we go now he's just looking old so sorry chris you had your day
1: he's still handsome right
0: yeah now he's just looking old
1: gotcha yeah but in um the original fright night and Mm your tales of two cities the hotness right
0: yeah he could get it
1: oh my gosh yeah but you know what there's some people who don't get old yeah you know what i'm gonna say right keanu reeves early 50s isn't old
0: No, early 50s isn't
1: old. That's still middle age. That's still young middle age. Mm -hmm. Do you know who's older, who's seasoned, and can still get it? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God, right? Yeah. The guy stands next to 20 and 30-year-old guys, and you still just see him. Mm -hmm. I can't put my finger on why.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it just genetics and... The bone structure. Is that what uh, Matt Matt Bomer's gonna look like at 74? This whole. Matt
0: Bomer's gonna be beautiful forever. Yes. He's just. I know he doesn't bat for our team, but he's still pretty.
1: He's beautiful. I just wanna make
0: paintings and sculptures of him. I'm not usually into the pretty guys either. He doesn't make me feel funny in my bathing suit area, but he's very nice to look at. So, there.
1: How about Sam Elliott?
0: Sam Elliott could get it.
1: Oh, let me go ahead and just give you another one of my literary crushes. Ennis Del Mar. Who's that? Brokeback Mountain. Ah, oh, that's so right. So this short story by Annie Prolex, this came out and I just butchered her last name. You could correct me if you can pronounce I, it.
0: I have no idea how to pronounce it. Okay. Don't. Okay. Sorry, Annie. You can correct us if you want. That's fine. But don't, don't be an asshole about correcting us.
1: So I got her book of short stories, Wyoming, Wyoming Stories. And I just thought, because you know, remember how we were talking about... Um, there was a day where you and I were talking about the desert and ranches. Mm-hmm. And I talked about, oh, how the way I romanticize it. So that's why I got uh, Wyoming stories. Never thought I would I would come across Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I read this, something like a 20-page short story. And it just broke me. Because here's this guy who, oh, newsflash, I thought I liked an Ennis Del Mar. But in reality... I didn't like a, a brooding, quiet introvert. He was just stupid. Oh,
0: <laughs> he would just fall down oh, stupid. I think I think I know who you're talking about. Exactly. Fall down he,
1: stupid. He would just fall down Pork dumb.
0: <laughs> and now he used to be a good-looking, slightly older guy, but now he's looking like Uncle. Is that the one?
1: No. No. <laughs> that was another crush. But um, Another
0: fall down stupid crush.
1: Another fall down stupid crush. <laughs> but Ennis Del Mar who was played by Heath Ledger mm-hmm. um, in Brokeback Mountain, you have this guy who he can't come to grips with his emotions. And here's another thing. Since we're talking about gender fluidity, you have two guys mm-hmm. in the in their prime. They're like 16, 17 years old. And, you know, if, if you're a ranch hand, you're fucking strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they find themselves attracted to each other, and they spend this entire summer up in the mountains of Brokeback herding sheep. Mm-hmm. and they have this relationship. Uh, when they split up, they both go back and do what they were supposed to do. They each get married. They have kids. But every once a year, when they can, they get together, and they spend time with each other. And the two weeks that they take vac- a vacation with each other are the happiest two weeks for them in their entire year. And that,
0: is, that is one movie I've never actually you gotten up to seeing. No, but it kind of reminds me. Okay, so there's this movie I saw really super... Really super old seventies movie okay. based on a Neil Simon play called Same Time Next Year. And oh, wow. there's these two the two protagonists are are each married to other people. And they're on holiday for different reasons. And they meet, they they like each other, they sleep together, and they decide, Hey, you wanna do this next year? So, you know, same time next year. And so it chronicles the different decades. This wow. goes on for a few for a few decades, yeah, a couple of decades. And they meet up every year.
1: And have their time. Yeah. Okay, so the thing with Ennis Del Mar, if I can relate to anyone, it's the character of Jack. Because mm-hmm. Jack is kind of an asshole, loud, funny. <laughs> so in their relationship, Jack is the first one that passes. Oh. Sorry, Spoilers. Spoiler alert
0: for decades-old movie. Uh,
1: So when he sends, uh, when he gets a return to sender, he calls the house Mm. and he talks to the wife and finds out Jack has passed, Mm. and just the loss that he has to go through because he finally realizes that this person—it wasn't a friend he went fishing with. His that was his life. So I didn't know if I saw it more as they were homosexual and this was their life, or. If we're all just beings and we connect with another spirit and that spirit is the one that that makes us whole, you Mm. know, because there's no way two ranch hands in 1960s Wyoming, were going to be able to do what Jack wanted. And what Jack wanted to do was for them to take his parents plot of land and the plot of land next to it, combine it into one and for them just to live there together. Mm -hmm. And then Ennis kept telling him, do you know what they would do to us if we did that? Like they will kill us. Yeah, And Jack's like, no, we'll take care of each other and it'll just be our life. And then from from the moment Jack dies until his old age, he thinks of the what ifs. Mm-hmm. If we had done this, what if? But then the motto is, if you can't fix it, you just have to take it. So you, you think about it. If he had gone against his gut instinct and listened to Jack, do you think they could have been a couple of ranch, ranch hands who lived together and just lived their life and been happy together in Wyoming or they would have gotten shot?
0: Yeah. Well, given what happened to Matthew Shepard.
1: 30 years after this. Yeah.
0: That would definitely be really super risky.
1: Yeah. So the, the reason why I come back to this character and why he was a crush for me is because I have been put in situations where I have liked someone who has not acknowledged that they loved me back for whatever reason, mostly because they're dumb. (laughs) And then you leave their life, their orbit, Mm -hmm. and they realize you were the sunshine in their life. And that's what Jack was. Jack brought the sunshine. So when he dies, Ennis just loses it. He doesn't have anything. Like he goes and visits Jack's parents, goes into Jack's childhood bedroom and takes shirts that were there Mm -hmm. because Jack being sentimental had actually hung two of their ranch hand shirts in his closet and he takes that and takes it back to his own place and hangs it Mm. every morning. The first thing he wakes up and looks at are their two ranch hand shirts hanging next to each other in his closet. Oh, wow. Isn't that just... Yeah. So So
0: your crush is on someone who would be absolutely devoted to you even after you die.
1: No, I, my crush (laughs) is, is all of those many people who he did not work out with, who once I leave this earth, They will know, wow.
0: They feel the loss.
1: They feel the loss. Especially when you block them on Facebook.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's. that's So Ennis,
1: yeah, that was one of my literary crushes. But again, um, sorry to belabor this. In real life, I wouldn't. Just because could you live an entire life with someone who couldn't communicate or verbalize what they were feeling Mm-mm. like in the in the story i'm like oh i can make him talk but no some people are like that they just don't communicate or open up mm-hmm. is it up to you to break that shell and bring them out or no that's no that's fucking that's job. too
0: much that's too much work some yeah. people just you can't yeah you don't want to be in in that mode where you want to fix somebody yes. you just have to know i guess it's like the the story's motto if you can't fix it you have to take it if but you can't, yeah but don't take, don't take it don't take it don't take it don't try and fix it don't take it find someone who can communicate yeah there we go i think there there has to be a third option there has to yeah because this idea that you have to fix a person no
1: some of them are just unfixable
0: and i think that's part of the whole brooding bad boy thing the attraction when you're younger or if you're raised in a codependent situation yeah. you're like i can fix him yeah no he he has to want to be fixed exactly that's my my little tie right on that
1: nice do you have another literary crush? To Do give us? I
0: have another literary crush? Okay, let's see. I think a good qualifier, if I'm if I'm looking at it from a teenage perspective, like he'd be the kind of guy I'd have a crush on if I were a teenager. But I'm a grown lady, so there's no crushes on teenagers because that's creepy. Okay. But um, Park from Eleanor and Park. It takes place in the '80s. It's by Rainbow Rowell. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, Eleanor, she's growing up in in a small town, shitty situation. And she's kind of this outcast misfit, and she meets Park, who's half Korean, and he's into all this punk and proto-punk sort of music, and he gets her into the Smiths and whatnot.
1: Oh. She has
0: nowhere to sit on the bus, and so he's like, fine, sit down here. Oh, I gotta let this weird chick sit next to me. But they finally get to talking eventually, as the story goes on, and they get to know each other, and they get each other. They, they totally get each other. Oh, wow. And it's like... Well, my teenagers were kind of similar to Eleanor's, except I had a toothbrush. <laughs> it was my my home life in high school is pretty fucking traumatic, so.
1: Time out, really? Yeah, but
0: I'm I'm gonna gloss over that. We're enough.
1: gonna gloss over that, but I'm gonna be revisit flipping. it at some time oh, off I, off I'm camera. I'm not sure if
0: I want to revisit that. <laughs>
1: How did I not know that portion?
0: Yeah, because I put on the cheery smile and act like everything's okay.
1: I but see. But Eleanor and Park, yeah.
0: Okay, so I don't want to go belaboring my old trauma and all that kind of shit. But I'm reading this and it's like, oh God, I wish I would have had a park in my life when uh, I was going through all of my fuck shit. But I had, I had my own little crowd of, you know, freaks and geeks and whatnot Nice in high school. So it was one of those things where high school for me was fine. Home life was shitty, but life at school was cool. Yeah. But I think, I think any teenage girl who reads Eleanor Park would totally crush on Park.
1: I gotta give it a try.
0: Yeah, oh, I...
1: I'm adding that to my list.
0: Okay, I have a copy somewhere, too.
1: Awesome, awesome. Eleanor and Park. Mm-hmm. Have they made it into a TV show or a movie? Let's see, someone
0: bought the movie rights at some point, but the movie never came to fruition, so the rights went back to the author. Okay. And true story, there was some school district that got, um, or some parent group, that got all up in arms about Eleanor Park because of the cussing. And whatnot. Oh. And it wasn't even it wasn't gratuitous cussing. It was just let's see, like the worst of the cussing actually had come from her um her abusive stepdad. Oh. Wow. And so it was an accurate reflection of her home life. It wasn't just kids cussing for the sake of cussing. She was gonna do some kind of talk at the at the local library. Okay. But she was asked to um they rescinded her invitation because of that stupid parental backlash and so which I thought was shitty. But she clapped back and she's like, It's really offensive that parents got offended that people with rough home lives were having their experiences reflected. Wow. And that's the truth. I mean, this book censorship is in the schools, it it's just really stupid. I mean, I get if you want your own kid not to read a particular book. Yeah. That's fine. That's up to you. But to demand that the rest of the students don't get access to that book. Fucking morons. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. You don't get to deprive everyone else of your own, according to your own taste.
1: Yeah. Why are you trying to mold everyone to be like you? And they're the same people who
0: complain that, oh, why are people being so sensitive? It's like, no, you're being sensitive too.
1: Fuck you. Go read a fucking book, asshole. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start turning rage hate purple so no I'm gonna, worries. I'm gonna get off on off of that tangent
1: you're gonna get off of that tangent and i think i'm about to start one because okay. my entire list Ooh. has been british guys okay in period pieces or or a cowboy which does not reflect my real life maybe that's what it is it's a it's fantasy um but you would think if, I, if, I, if there's so many British characters in literary fiction that I'm attracted to, that in real life, that's who I'm attracted to, and in real life, I'm not. Um, for example, like when, when I watch TV shows, mm-hmm. the, the guy I, I, I look at the most right now is the head of American Gods. And um, he's, yes, he is British, but he's, uh, he's half black. Okay. So he has that beautiful mocha complexion and just,
0: you know what? I'm sorry. I did that thing.
1: I'm I'm othering, but I'm not othering because he has my complexion and I'm mocha, which means we'd be mocha together, (laughs) except I don't have the washboard abs. (laughs) And then I also... Sabrina at (laughs) procrastinationplanet.com. Dear Sabrina, I do not like how you other what ourselves, we look like mocha. We're delicious. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here <laughs> 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 Okay so okay so there's that guy and then if you look at all the actors I they're British guys they're 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 white British guys who look a certain way and that's not who turns my head. like one of the you you see my Instagram account mm-hmm. most of the photos that I like are from Florian Manito who played uh, Drago in creed 2 mm-hmm. and has elements of my ex i like them big i like them chunky i like them tall dark and handsome that's not who these british literary figures look like or oh, are you pulling up that american gods photo
0: yeah i is wish this,
1: i let me see is
0: this who you're talking about yes yeah. okay that guy okay
1: i don't i don't know why he's not in my stories but yeah so the american gods guy is is one i look at the boxer is another one so i don't know and I, I was telling you before we started i don't know why none of my literary crushes match who turns my head on the street because here's the thing you might not want to hear this colin firth is really good looking yeah but if colin firth walked by me on the street he would probably not turn my head that american Oh, I got it that American Gods guy is good looking. Mm-hmm. If he walked by me on the street, I'm gonna turn my head, I'm gonna snap it with my phone, and I'm gonna text her. I'm like, "OMG,
0: look at this! Stop it!" I Same will. with um,
1: me and Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Okay, here's the thing: Jason Momoa <laughs> looks and acts like a dumb cousin of mine.
0: Okay, so like
1: he, he he looks like family, but I don't think I don't think of Jason as hot. Okay, but it could just be that he reminds me of relatives. Okay. And because of his, his ethnic similarities, I just look at him.
0: You're both islanders, and so you're just like, eh.
1: Yeah, eh. He doesn't, is there Okay. Any- oh,
0: funny story. One time I was Ooh. texting, I was texting you, okay. actually. And I, I forgot why we were talking about Tongans. Um, Sabrina's Tongan, for the record. So we can, we can talk shit about Tongans cause we're racist. So I think I was trying to write, I was trying to type Tongans and my phone kept auto-correcting Tongans and then Sabrina, and I told her this, I said, my phone's trying to auto-correct Tongans. And she said, my life's ty- trying to auto-correct
1: Tongans. <laughs> <laughs> can I leave that in there? Yes, you can. Okay. Everyone knows which one of my family members that's referring to. Wow. Some shit you can't auto-correct. That's right. <laughs> But I think that's why I have a lot of friends who are like, oh my God, Jason Momoa.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, oh God, I can't swing a dead cat without hitting a relative that reminds me of Jason <laughs> Momoa. Jeez. <laughs> and, and and the thing with him, he's cool. Mm-hmm. And he's married to the luckiest woman on the planet, Lisa Bonet.
1: But you know what? She's This is payoff for her. Because they've been married like for 15 years. Yeah. And... He she's got, 10 years older. Yeah, and, and then he got popular with Game of Thrones, right? Uh-huh. So she was the popular one for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jason. She got, yeah.
0: she got herself a trophy husband.
1: She got herself a trophy. That, exactly. That's mm-hmm. what it is. So, yeah, he's okay. But you know what? Huh. That's what it is. We can write these literary characters and have them look like the people we objectify on the streets.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's because um, in books, we can kind of imprint our own version of what yes. of what we like.
1: Yeah, that's what happens. Do you like Drago from Creed 2?
0: I haven't I haven't seen Creed 2.
1: I think I've shown you photos of him.
0: Oh my God. So we're on our phones now with the dead air. We're talking about our crushes and, and Googling guys on our phones. Because this is a slumber party.
1: This guy, right? Okay. Do you see it? He's, You're not.
0: I see it, but it's not for me. It's not for you. Yeah, I under I understand the attraction, but okay.
1: Shout out to Florian Montanu. Is that how you say your last name? I'm just gonna call you by your Iggy tag name, Big Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
0: Shout out to Big Nasty one. and Iggy.
1: <laughs> I like all his photos. He knows me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I mean there are some pretty boys like I like a couple of the guys on Vikings who are just like pretty blonde boys Mm -hmm. but for the most part my crushes in books don't resemble my crushes on tv and film and then my crushes in real life sort of resemble more my, my crushes on tv and film
0: oh okay I gotcha so so there we go
1: yeah those are all the hotties that we've brought to you
0: That's right. You're welcome.
1: Yes. Go read those books and don't listen to what trash people who try to ban them say.
0: That's right. Read banned books. Yes.
1: Read banned books, guys. That's right. All right. So
0: this is Procrastination Planet After Dark.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This one's rated R. Sorry, Mm -hmm. guys. But not sorry.
0: No, we're not sorry. We have hashtag no regrets. Exactly. Is that a hashtag?
1: That is a hashtag. No regrets.
0: Okay. There we go. Hashtag no regrets. Mm -hmm. Okay. As I like to say, it's been swell, kids, but the swelling's gone down. I'm Carly Knight.
1: And I'm Sabrina Monet.
0: And this has been Procrastination Planet After Dark.
1: Bye. Bye. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Procrastination Planet has been written and produced by me, Carly Knight, and my partner in crime, Sabrina Monet. Our logo was designed by C Trojan of Sea Trojan Art. For more of his work, go to SeaTrojanArt.com. Our theme music is Laser Unicorns by Christian Penn, courtesy of Jamendo Licensing. Visit us at ProcrastinationPlanet.com. Follow us on Twitter at ProcrastPlanet. Follow us on Instagram at procrastinationplanetpodcast. Podcast. If you like us, Tell your friends and spread the word. If you hate us, lie and tell your friends how much you like us anyway. We could use the publicity.